Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome to Fate FM Drive Time. Welcome to BQ&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. And where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I am Nick Krita, the South Australia Regional Coordinator for Faith FM. If you'd like to make a comment or have your questions answered, you can text me on 0401-305077 or email me at ionkrita at yahoo.com. That's I-O-N-C-R-E-T-A at yahoo.com. Dot com. Our theme for the week is the Bible and end time events and our big questions, does God care? What are the steps to spiritual freedom? Who is the mystery man of prophecy? What is the purpose of the temple? And what is inside of the lost ark? Our co-host today is uh, Sijabuliso Ralph uh, Nodlu. I'm not <laughs> sure if I said that correct, but I think I will stick with Ralph today. Okay, that's fine. I, oh, think, well, you, I think you did quite a good job of that. Trying to, but <laughs> I think I, I messed it up quite a bit. But Ralph, yeah, it's very good to have you with us today. Thank you, Nick. And uh, you are the first time with us, uh, but where are you from? Give us a bit of your background, please. All right, uh, I'm from Zimbabwe, so I, I, I moved to Australia in December last year, and um, I was working for Zimbabwe Broadcasting Corporation as a radio news presenter, and then later as a TV news reporter, and then I moved to Midland State University and worked in the public relations department, uh, and that's the job that I was doing just before I relocated to Australia. And you are in Australia for a long time or yeah, just? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, what are you doing here? Are you studying? Are you trying to yeah, move studying. to a, a bit of different direction yeah. from the broadcasting? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something more like that. Yeah. I'm doing individualized support and I'm focusing on disabilities. So, yeah, that's what I'm doing now. That's very good, Ralph. And I hope we can hear a little bit more about you, you know, as uh, we coming to the programs. We may have you again uh, another time. But, Ralph, uh, today we are going to um, ask a few questions. And I would like to ask you something. Mm-hmm. Where is the Ark of the Covenant today? Do you have any information about that? Well, the, the issue about uh, the Ark of the Covenant is a bit tricky, I have to be honest. Um, there's a lot of things that are being said from different sources. You go on the Internet, somebody says this, somebody says that. But the general uh, consensus is that the Ark uh, vanished when the Babylonians uh, conquered Jerusalem in uh, 587 BC. So when the Ark was captured by the Philistines, outbreaks of tumors and disease afflicted them, and that forced the Philistines to return uh, the Ark to the Israelites. So one of the most uh, well-known beliefs is that the Levitical priests moved the Ark to Egypt uh, just before the Babylonians sacked uh, Jerusalem. So the Ark also found its way uh, to Ethiopia, and that's where it still resides, in the town of Aksum, and it's believed to be in a church uh, known as the Church of Our Lady Mary of Zion. So it's also believed that the that the, only the guardian of the ark is allowed to see the ark. Um, and the church authorities never allow anyone uh, to get anywhere close to that. And the ark 
cannot be studied to determine its authenticity. So that's what we generally um, hear from different uh, spheres. I, I also came across something that says that um, the ark is in Jerusalem. I don't know how far true is that, but the actual truth of the matter from no one has come to a conclusion. So it's not clear whether it was destroyed, it was captured or hidden. Nobody knows. I think that's as far as um, we can say about uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, Ralph, with this secrecy, you know, that nobody is allowed to see it. So <laughs> you can have all sorts of suppositions there, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely nobody was able to uh, find it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think people are still searching, you know, there are movies done by all this thing, you know, to find the Ark of the Covenant and so on and so forth. But Let's come to the Bible. You know, when we talk about the Ark of the Covenant in the Bible, appears to possess supernatural uh, powers, uh, glowed with the presence of God, you know, the Shekinah glory. Mm-hmm. Um, it was known to have victory in the battle for the Israelites, uh, drying up rivers, causing calamities and even death. If we look in the Bible, we we can find all these things. Um, what made the Ark of the Covenant so powerful? What was inside um, that needed such protection? Where did it go? Where it is now? You see, we try yeah. to find some answers, you know, possible, um, yeah. but uh, obviously we couldn't find anything um, very clear. Mm-hmm. Um, God called Moses at one point in time. And we may need this story when uh, Moses was, uh, you know, he ran away from Egypt. He grew up in uh, Egypt as a prince of Egypt. Um, But he ran into the wilderness and God appeared before him and called him to return to Egypt. And through Moses and Aaron, uh, we know about the 10 plagues maybe which uh, took place in uh, in Egypt. And also we know then about the exodus of God's people from uh, Egypt and how they cross uh, the Red Sea and the journey into the Mount Sinai. Mm -hmm. And um, as they arrived there in Mount Sinai, God was also, um, you know, leading them, directing them and uh, make himself known before them Mm -hmm. in a different way. Now, therefore, it says here in Exodus chapter 19, verse 5. Mm-hmm. Now, therefore, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be a special treasure to me above all people, for all the earth is mine, declares the Lord. Continuing in Exodus nineteen six, And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation, these are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Then all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord has spoken, we will do. In a awesome display of divine majesty, God spoke the Ten Commandments. Then God wrote the Ten Commandments on two tablets of stone. When the Lord finished speaking to Moses on the Mount Sinai, he gave him the two tablets of the testimony, the the tablets of stone inscribed by the finger of God. The only chapter of the Bible God wrote himself, a revelation of 
divine will. And on that tablets of stone, there was a commandment which says, Thou shall not make idols. And as Moses was making his way down from the mountain, what were the children of Israel doing? <laughs> they were making an idol. They were making an idol there. They have a, a calf there and... Um, Moses was definitely very troubled about this and um, broke those tables of stone. But Moses returned up to the mountain and God rewrote the Ten Commandments. Now, the reason I gave you this uh, background because we know that in the Ark of the Covenant, there are at least three things there. Do you remember what's there in the just uh, top of your head before we going into our uh, study today? Well, I know about the Ten Commandments. Yes, was the Ten Commandments was that the, the rod of uh, Aaron, mm-hmm. and there was the manna uh, bowl with the manna uh, there to tell the children of Israel um, over the years how God miraculously. Uh, took care of them in the wilderness through the manna and how God led them uh, also and gave them the commandments. But we are coming today with to a question to start with. Mm-hmm. What were the contents of the Ark of the Covenant um, as we mentioned here? In, let's read this from Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 4 and 5. Okay. So he says there, and he wrote on the tablets, According to the first writing, the Ten Commandments. Then I turned and came down from the mountain and put the tablets in the ark which I had made. And there they are, just as the Lord commanded me. So that's Deuteronomy chapter 10, Mm -hmm. verses 4 and 5. Then we have a reference here that the tables of stone, the Ten Commandments, were placed inside of the ark. Yes. Written with the, the finger of God, God himself, himself wrote it, and God himself spoke it. Now, what does the New Testament say about the Ten Commandments? Because, you know, people may say, okay, yeah, this is just the Old Testament for Israel, but we are people of the New Testament. Let's look in the New Testament to see what it says about this in Romans 7, verse 12. Okay, that one says, the, therefore, the law is holy. And the commandment holy and just and good. That was not only just for the uh, Israelites. Mm-hmm. The Ten Commandments, the um, God's law is holy, it's holy and good, just, uh, necessarily for us all. The New Testament says God's law is perfect. It is inconceivable that the holy person or a, or a holy church will ever oppose the law. Mm-hmm. But this is, uh, we are going to touch a little bit today on this why uh, people are rejecting the law, why it's important the law for God's people. Mm-hmm. Going to another question uh, today, uh, Ralph, and uh, this is what uh, I would like to ask What are the Ten Commandments? Mm-hmm. Right, so the Ten Commandments are the laws of God. And for us to get a clear answer on that, uh, we'll need to go to Exodus chapter 20. Uh, and starting from verse 3 up to verse 17, that's where we get all the Ten Commandments. Could you please just uh, take us through a summary of this? Okay, so we look at the first uh, commandment, for instance. Um, it says, uh, that's verse 3, um, you shall have no other gods before me. That's verse 3. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. So, um, 
we move on to the next yes, one? Yes, please. Yeah, just right. uh, let's do a, um, just a quick uh, uh, version of, of them just to, um, to get accounted with this. Right. The second one is you shall not make yourself a curved image. You shall not bow down, bow down to them nor serve them. That's, that is verses 4 and uh, 5. And that's what uh, the children of Israel were doing right away there in the, in the wilderness yes. w- while Moses was still on the mountain. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you shall not, number three, you shall not uh, take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Mm-hmm. Right. And the most popular one, I guess, for some of us. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Um, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. That's verses 8. Um, up to ten. And interesting enough that this is, uh, it says it, oh, there was the Sabbath was not for the Jewish people, but was the the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Yes. yes. Number five. Number five. Honor your father and mother. That's one of the most popular again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we go on to number six. But you know, just before you go to number six, do you know the number five, mm-hmm. the the fi- fifth commandment, which is in verse twelve, mm-hmm. uh, it's followed by a promise. Yes, it's the only commandment with a promise. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. good. We may look into that uh, uh, later on. Yeah, number six. <laughs> number six, uh, you shall not murder. That's verse 18. And um, number seven, you shall not commit um, adultery. And then um, number eight, let's have a look at number eight there and see what we've got. Um, you shall not steal. That's verse 15. Mm-hmm. And then number nine, uh, you shall not bear false witness. And finally, number 10, you shall not covet. Absolutely. And, you know, you can check this um, in, in, uh, in the fullness of all the words there yes. uh, for yourself. The Ten Commandments are more than just ten suggestions mm-hmm. or ten recommendations. The Ten Commandments are binding principles of love that provide a framework for a happy and healthy life. I believe this is remarkable. Uh, and uh, God said, you know, in, uh, for Israel in the wilderness, let them make me a sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Now, what was the reason for a sanctuary for God in the wilderness? That God may dwell upon his people. people yeah. And uh, the law of God placed in the Ark of the Covenant, as we mentioned a bit earlier. Now, obviously, in the tabernacle, there um, we dealt with that just the other night, mm-hmm. um, and um, uh, Fabiano and Helen did a wonderful job there to explain about the tabernacle and all the functions there and what that represented. Each particularly item in the, taber- uh, in the tabernacle represented something specific, and most of all about Jesus, our um, Lord and Savior. Um, talked about the sacrifice for sin with Jesus once for all, he gave his life for us um, to 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 be received to him, you know, and and made righteousness through his blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, every sacrifice was pointing to Jesus, to Jesus, yes, to Jesus, and what he was doing for us on the cross. The provision of a savior from sin is what grace is all about. Because too many people are uh, um, tempted to say that law is not good for us. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we are saved by grace, and we are saved by grace. Mm-hmm. But the transgression of the law, it's sin. Yes. And uh, you see, that's how we are um, uh, going to give uh, uh, the importance of the 
commandments of God. Now, we come into another question, um, Ralph. Can you be saved by keeping the commandments? I just alluded to that a bit earlier. What Ephesians says, let's read the passage in the Bible, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says, uh, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Mm-hmm. That's a very good uh, commandment there. Now, keeping the commandments is purely a love response to God. Yes. Uh, not in order to be saved, but uh, because we are saved. Mm-hmm. We are saved. We are keeping uh, the um, uh, law of God. What is the role of the uh, law? Right. For that, we go to Romans chapter 7, and uh, we refer to verse 7. And it says, What shall we say then? Is, it the, is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, you shall not covet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Very, very uh, good uh, passage here. Uh, by the law is the knowledge of the sin. Mm-hmm. You know, the law reveals to us uh, um, how sinful we are. Sacrifices typically um, refer to Christ and uh, the one who was going to lift up mm-hmm. uh, and cleanse us for all our sins. Without the law, there would be no sin. People would not know about what sin of is. Yeah. And without sin, there would be no need of a Savior. Mm-hmm. Now, um, again, uh, did Jesus support and keep the Ten Commandments. Or that was just for Israel, because Jesus came in, you know, and uh, was opening up a new chapter, you know, the New Testament uh, church, to say so. Did Jesus support the Ten Commandments? All right, so listen to what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 19, verse 17. He says, if you want to enter into life, keep the commandments. So, yes, he he did. He supported the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then Jesus Christ believed in the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. taught the Ten Commandments, and mm-hmm. kept the Ten Commandments. Yes. Um, what else he says, um, uh, Ralph, in Matthew five seventeen to 19? He says, Do not think that I, I came to destroy the law. Whoever breaks one of the least of the commandments and teaches men, so shall be called least in the kingdom of uh, heaven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Uh, but whosoever does and teaches them, he shall be called, called great, great in the kingdom of, of heaven. heaven, it says. Jesus said, don't even think that he had to come uh, he, uh, to abolish the law. Yes. Now, Jesus fulfilled the law. Now, uh, do the new commandments replace the Ten Commandments? Because um, many people will say, yeah, we are... Uh, People of the New Testament, and we... Uh, we don't follow the old quote. Yeah, we have only two laws. Love your God with all your heart, all your mind, and love yeah. yourself as your neighbor as yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but Jesus said in these two commandments are comprehended the, the whole law. Yes. Uh, let's look at this. Um, let's look at in Matthew 22, uh, 37 to, to, to 40. 40. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. Mm. Yes. 
And that's a very good uh, law to follow. That's a very good law to follow because it encompasses all the Ten Commandments, Mm -hmm. all of them. And here is the trick because it says here on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Mm -hmm. But doesn't mean that uh, uh, um, all other commandments uh, which are mentioned in the Ten Commandments, like not to steal, not to commit adultery, not mm-hmm. to murder, are done away. Not at all. No. They are included in the... Uh, They're to, just summarized there. To care about yeah. if you love yourself, I mean, love your neighbor as yourself, mm-hmm. then you respect those commandments too. That's yeah, very yeah, good. Yeah. I mean, an illustration here I'd like to just bring uh, before you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus said that uh, on this law hangs the two commandments of love. Now, uh, to illustrate just... Uh, Think of a door. Um, a door hangs on uh, two hinges. Mm-hmm. If you don't have the hinges in place, the door will be um, little of use. And I know I'm a carpenter, and I know if I put um, just one hinge on the door, the door will be very crooked. That's yeah, you yeah. know not not uh, not functionable. Mm. Hinges don't replace the door. That's They true. determine whether or not the door works properly. And on those two commandments, they don't replace the the law, the Ten Commandments. Yes, yes. They are emphasizing on the Ten Commandments. That's true. Jesus never thought uh, that the Ten Commandments were replaced by love. He was simply saying that any attempts to keep the Ten Commandments without love is not truly keeping the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. In fact... If we love God and love other people, we will naturally keep the Ten Commandments. Exactly. Now, does grace mean you are not longer needed to keep the Ten Commandments? Can we find a passage in the Bible to clarify this thing, Ralph? Yes, 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 there is. Uh, actually, it's found in Romans chapter 6, uh, and it's verse 15. And uh, uh, Paul here says, What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law? But under grace, certainly not. That's his. Uh, that's what he says there mm-hmm. to respond to that question. Can you add anything on that one? What What's your thought about this passage here? All right. So when Paul speaks about um, uh, the, uh, uh, this verse, yeah, grace does not mean that you you no longer have to keep the commandments. Remember, the God we worship is the same yesterday, he's the same today, he's the same tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So the same God that was there during Moses' time is the same God that is still there today. He's still the same God who whose commandments were written during the time of Moses. The same commandments still apply today and they still apply tomorrow. So nothing has changed. Yes, that's a good uh, good thought. And anyone who disregards the commandments mm-hmm. and uh, lives a life of sin mm-hmm. is not under grace. Yes. But uh, I probably I could say under disgrace, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because you cannot, you know, even though we are a sinful people mm-hmm. and sin is attached to us like, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, sticks with us. Mm-hmm. But uh, we had the promise through Jesus Christ that we can come victorious yes. over sins. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yes. we will be, you know, doing all sorts of bad things in this world. And, uh, yes. you know, we'll, we true. cannot function properly in this society. Mm-hmm. But to be under the law means to be under the condemnation of the law. Now, we are not affected by the speed law until we break it. And we all drive cars around here, you know, uh, and we know that. Uh, then we are under the law, gu- guilty 
and facing the law penalty when we break those laws. Mm-hmm. You know, if we are driving carefully and uh, with all the regulations, then we are not breaking the law. Yeah. Now, is keeping most of the commandments acceptable, acceptable to God? Because people may say, okay, yeah, I keep this and that and that, but I don't need to keep uh, the others. You know, I mean, and uh, there are a few things uh, to say here uh, that many people are not uh, keeping the uh, fourth commandment, for example. Yes, that's Or not even the second commandment. Mm-hmm. Uh, many, many Christians are not keeping the second commandment. Yes. No. So one I- that, that, that's a very interesting issue that you have raised. Keeping most of the commandments, is it acceptable to, to God? There's a lot of misconceptions out there. People think that if I keep maybe seven out of ten, I'm doing a wonderful job. Mm-hmm. But here is what the Bible says about that. For whoever shall keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, he is guilty of all. So it's not about you getting the the most of them, like nine over ten mm-hmm. or eight over ten. That is something totally different. When it comes to God's law, it has to be ten out of ten. If there are ten, it's just ten out of ten, and there is no compromise on that. It's not like a exam here or a test. You know, if you pass, you know, if you're fifty something percent, okay, you are you you may pass. You know, yes, in an examination, <laughs> if you get fifty percent, it's a pass. Sixty percent, it's a pass. But with God's law, it's a totally different case. It has to be one hundred percent. Look, all it takes is one link to be broken and the chain is broken. Mm-hmm. You know, and we know that is not usable. A, a chain, if you have one, one link broken, mm-hmm. is not usable. And that's uh, what we are going, you know, to emphasize and learn about the Ten Commandments. If we choose to disregard even the least commandment, we are still choosing to sin against God. Now, from what motivation should we keep the commandments? Because this is important to to establish this thing. Because uh, we heard about a lot that there are legalists, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, even in uh, Israel, you know, mm-hmm. you may remember those Pharisees and Sadducees and all those people, you know. Yes. Um, they are trying to keep the law of God to be mm-hmm. saved. Yes. Now, what's the motivation, uh, Ralph? I think what you just what 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 you just what you just need to know is if you have a wife at home. You know what your wife loves. You try and do everything that you know she she likes, right? Mm-hmm. Everything she likes. That's what you do. So that's what we should feel with God. That's why when you read uh, chapter uh, John chapter fourteen verse fifteen, uh, he says, "If you love me, keep my commandments." Mm. If you love me. So sometimes we sing that chorus, uh, "Praise God, Hallelujah, I love I love Jesus." But do we really mean it? Mm-hmm. Are we keeping his commandment? Mm-hmm. Because that song says, remember the verse says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then we're singing, I love Jesus, but we're not keeping his commandments. Yeah. So what are we saying when we sing that chorus? Maybe just with the lips. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Lip <laughs> service. <laughs> yeah. Now, should we keep the spirit of the law or the letter of the law? I think this is, uh, again, very important. We have a beautiful passage in Matthew. Would you be able to share with us, uh, Ralph? Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, It's Matthew chapter 5, to be precise, verses 21 and 22. And it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder. But I say to you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. Mm. Mm. Yes. That's that's so true. Uh, Now, 
I would like to take a short break here, and uh, we are promoting a wonderful book, and I would like to play this one, and uh, we'll be back uh, soon. When your life gets harder and the world gets worse, Jesus has the answers. Do you need the hope that Jesus will bring into your heart? What about your friends, family, or workmates? Faith FM's free offer for you today is a life-changing book called The Great Controversy, filled with stories of hope and encouragement that are guaranteed to draw you closer to Jesus. To receive your free copy of The Great Controversy, go to faithfm.com.au or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. Also, it's good to have with us today uh, David Lima. David is the South Australia State Director for Family Voice, and it's very good to have with us, David, again today. It's great to be with you once again, Nick. We are talking uh, today about what is inside of the Lost Ark. Mm. You know, mysteries, you know, many people will uh, think, okay, where is the Ark? Seems like nobody found it. But um, definitely there was something significant inside of the lost ark. Yes. God uh, told us in the Bible how important it was, you know, the Shekinah glory on mm. top of that uh, mm. ark and placed in a special place Yes, in uh, the tabernacle. But today I'd like to talk to you uh, about some secrecies. We, yes. just, uh, we just heard this week uh, come alive, you know, the palace letters. Indeed. Uh, what do you know about that? And what was the media talking well, about? Well, the, the secrecy has been removed from the palace letters, let's put it that way. But uh, just as there's nothing secret about what was in the Ark, there's also nothing really secret to be found in these palace letters. Uh, in the Ark, of course, we had the rod of Aaron and we had the manna and the Ten Commandments. But no one was able to mess around, shall we say, or rummage through the Ark. The high priest going in would burn the incense once a year and he'd get out pretty quickly, mm-hmm. uh, just in case. Uh, in fact, there'd be a rope tied round his foot so that he could be dragged out had he been struck down dead because no one could go in to (laughs) retrieve the body so that's that's how serious it was but the palace letters the letters the communication between queen elizabeth or through her secretary at least and the governor general which occurred in the mid-1970s has been revealed uh, this week but in the same way that there was no secret, if you like, about what was in the ark. There's really no secret about what was in those letters. It's quite a release for the public right now. Even though the younger people may not understand yes. uh, exactly what it was all about, yes. you know, the secret correspondence in between the Buckingham Palace and uh, the Governor of Australia. Governor General, yes. Yeah. Well, the older listeners will well remember the heady events of uh, uh, the 11th of November 1975 when the Crown took action to dismiss the government. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, Mr. Whitlam was seeking to govern without supply. In other words, the government didn't have money to spend, and cheques were about to bounce, and public servants about to be not paid. And uh, still, the Prime Minister toughed it out. He should have he should have advised the Crown to call an election, 
but he toughed it out. In fact, he wanted to destroy the power of the Senate, which is to act unconstitutionally, but there we are. So the Governor-General, who has the formal responsibility to ensure the good governance of the nation, he had to step in, and he immediately referred the matter to the people, and the people made their decision. Mm. So at the time, he was corresponding with the with Buckingham Palace to keep the Queen informed. He wasn't seeking advice or permission to take the action which only he should take, which is to commission or to withdraw the commission of a Prime Minister, but he had to keep the Queen informed because he is the Queen's representative. Certain individuals, and the ALP in particular, were quite adamant that the release of the documents would show not only that the Queen knew, but that the Queen approved, if not worse. In fact, she did not know because he told no one. He took his decision and then he informed her. So she certainly did not know, uh, although it was clear that that was a possibility, uh, the exercise of the reserve powers. But a lot of people, I think, are bitterly disappointed to see that there is no smoking gun. And, of course, Queen Elizabeth has continued to the present day to continue her wonderful ministry, which is one of neutral supervision, and in the same way that she's neutral, so the Governor-General or the state governors are neutral, they don't have personal views that they want to impose. They don't have their own mind. They are not ambitious for politics. They are ambitious only for process. So this is a wonderful aspect of the grace of God, I think, that we, that we have a gracious sovereign represented by governors and governors-general who are able to exercise grace. Mm. Uh, in that way. So it's a wonderful gift that we have in this nation. I like how you said it, you know, about uh, the grace. As we link it with uh, your spiritual matters, mm. uh, as we're talking mm. today about uh, uh, the lost ark mm. and, uh, as you just mentioned, what's inside of the ark, and particularly mm. the Ten Commandments, which represents uh, God's uh, law, God's yes. character, if yes. you like. And so many people uh, today dismissing this law because... Um, I don't know. We don't like to be told what to do, you know, Correct. and uh, we mm. suffer because we are putting aside something which was in place for us yes. to protect us, to uh, guide us, direct us and uh, yes. help us yes. to, to stay well, closer to God. Well, law is rather a dirty word, unfortunately, mm. in some Christian thinking, because, of course, if we try to live by law, it will ruin us. Yes. It will condemn us. Definitely. So when we're speaking about salvation, the opposite of grace is law, or the opposite of law is grace. But when we're speaking about how to live our lives, the opposite of law is not grace. The opposite of law is anarchy. Mm. So when we look at the ark, in fact, what we've got in the ark is both law and grace, because the manna in the jar is God's gift yeah. to his people. Yeah, and the Bible is so clear that we are saved by grace alone, exactly. you know. But uh, the importance of law has another thing, and we are talking about, uh, during this program, a, a bit more in detail. But David, thank you so much for coming today and just uh, take a little bit away that sort of cloudy mystery, mystery and you know from from this uh, palace uh, mm. letters and correspondence mm. there yeah um, it's it's good to know and i believe it's also important that this was released during her majesty her, her reign reign yes. yeah she's you know? still with us yeah Look. i think that's that's also <laughs> very very good anything else would you like yes. to say about this please and well, before I th- we I closing think, uh, unfortunately a lot of people were looking to rubbish the queen or to, to say, aha, you know, and to find some political argument out of it. But she is a woman of grace, uh, not only by her own personal Christian conduct, because she professes faith in our Lord Jesus, mm-hmm. 
Mm. Uh, so government should be under Christ and not the other way around, um, as, as in China. Mm. Uh, so, so she is in submission to Christ as Lord. And her very title in Australia, this is black letter law, as we say, the Royal Style and Titles Act. Uh, it says there, Elizabeth II, by the grace of God, Queen of Australia. Mm. So it's written right into our law. Once again, law and grace working together. So we've written in, into the law that the queen is queen by the grace of God. So she has made Christian promises in her coronation, and uh, the whole culture is enriched in that way if we, if we would only understand the story of grace. That's very good. Thank you again for coming uh, with us today. Again, David is the director of uh, the Family Voice of Australia in South Australia. I'm very happy to talk to you again. May God bless you until we'll see you again. We'll see you next week, Nick. And I must say that uh, was yeah really good to have David uh, with us from um, Family Voice Australia. He was not able to be in the studio right now, but we recorded with him just a bit earlier. And David is doing a wonderful work to uh, yeah raise the awareness in the community what's going on and parallel um, those things with the spiritual things because in the end uh, we are here to live the life with uh, whatever is coming up uh, for us all, but most important of all, to be prepared for the life which is promised for us all eternal life. But coming back, Ralph, to our um, uh, topic tonight and the questions, uh, uh, should we keep the spirit um, of the law or the letter of the law? And that was in Matthew uh, 5, 21, 22. Can we just uh, uh, come yes. back on this one? All right. So it says, You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that whoever looks at a woman and lusts for her has already committed adultery with her mm-hmm. in his heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually Matthew chapter 5, five verse 27 and 28. Yeah. 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 Uh, far from dismissing the commandments uh, here, Ralph, is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, the spirit of the law ensures a much more meaningful obedience. Obedience from the heart, mm-hmm. not an obligation, you yes. know. Is obedience legalism or works? What, do, what would you say? Okay. Um, if we go to the uh, First John uh, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, um, it says, Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments, he who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A beautiful passage again. And uh, legalism uh, or saved by works is trying to keep God's commandments in order to be saved. True salvation by faith is keeping God's commandments because we are saved, because we love Jesus. Um were any laws stopped at the cross, uh, Ralph? Okay, let's find out what the Apostle Paul has to say in the book of, uh, of uh, Ephesians, chapter 2, uh, verse 15. He says, Having abolished uh, in his flesh the enmity that is the law of commandments contained in ordinances. Mm-hmm. So the laws were not stopped at the cross. 
You know, the, the sacrifices and ceremonies uh, and feasts, days were symbolic rituals yes, that those, uh, generally pointed yes. towards Jesus and his death on Calvary. These were abolished at the cross as Jesus became the uh, reality. Jesus certainly did not abolish the Ten Commandments. No, he did not. You know, uh, because, and by the way, if you like to go in uh, Deuteronomy, you know, and check those passages, uh, particularly, I think it's in chapter 29 or 30, where it says that law was put beside the Ark of the Covenant, the law which was against us. Mm-hmm. Um, things like circumcision um, is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what it matters, says in First Corinthians chapter uh, 7 and uh, verse 19. Mm-hmm. Now, there were people in uh, more closer to us in history which um, they also uphold the importance of God's law. Uh, like John Wesley, for example, yes. uh, he was a, a very good uh, preacher and uh, a child of God who said this, the ritual or ceremonial law delivered by Moses to the children of Israel containing all the injunctions and ordinances which related to the old sacrifices and services of the temple our Lord indeed came to destroy, to dissolve and utterly abolish. Mm-hmm. But the moral law contained in the Ten Commandments and enforced by the prophets, he did not take away. It was not the design of his coming to revoke any part of this. This is a law which never can be broken. Every part of this law must remain in force upon all mankind and in all ages. That's wonderful, you know, to to hear from a man of God, uh, from, uh, you know, uh, this bunch of people Mm -hmm. who really work into the Reformation, you know, Mm -hmm. to bring alive the Word of God again, the Word of God which was, uh, you know, hidden and, um, uh, you know, very hard to put the hands on because of the church restricting that. Now, we know about a man by the name of John, and uh, he wrote the book of Revelation also, mm-hmm. uh, a vision of God's temple in heaven. Uh, let's look at a few th- passages here which John um, wrote in Revelation 11, for example. Okay. Then the temple of God was open in heaven, and the ark of his covenant was seen in his temple. Now, Ralph, is where the Ark of the Covenant is now, or what's here, you know, what's this passage is saying, because we were asking a bit earlier, where is the Ark of the Covenant? <laughs> or there is a, uh, that was a copy of the one which is in heaven, you see? Um, this yeah. is very interesting. Yes. And in Revelation 15, verse 5, just to, uh, to continue on this one, after yeah. these things, I looked and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony mm-hmm. in heaven mm-hmm. was open. The tabernacle of testimony in heaven. Very interesting uh, words there. Jesus is seen as presenting his sacrifice for sin before the divine law in heaven. Just as the Old Testament priests presented sacrifices for sin before the law uh, on earth. Jesus died for our sin, for our sins against his law. Our high priest in heaven right now, he's, you know, presenting his blood before that law, that the law which is forever, mm-hmm. the Old Testament gospel of grace. You know, we are not talking about grace 
in the New Testament, the grace was applied in the Old Testament too. Mm-hmm. And I like how David just earlier said a little bit that even through that bowl of manna, we know, we know that God provided yes. by his grace. Yes. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well mm-hmm. as to them, says in Hebrew chapter 4 and verse 2, referring to the uh, children of uh, God, to the Israelites. Now, is there a role for God's law in the new covenant? Let's look in Hebrew 8.10 quickly. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I'll put my laws in their mind and write them in on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Mm. Beautiful. The new covenant or uh, everlasting covenant is based on the power of God's promise to take his law and place it into our hearts and minds. When God does this, we obey him through his power and from a loving heart. And you can check this in Deuteronomy chapter 30, Jeremiah 31, Ezekiel 11, and Ezekiel 36, if you like. Ten powerful love promises we find in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10. (laughs) Now, are God's commandments a burden for the Christian? No, they can't be a burden to a Christian. No, not. A, anyway, let's just refer to the Bible. First John chapter five, uh, verse three says, "For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, and then uh, do the commandments have a role in the judgment? Let's find out. There is a passage in Ecclesiastes which can help us. Mm-hmm. Right, that's Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. It says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Wow. Yeah. And uh, we are accountable for everything what we do and everything, say. Everything, everything. Even um, um, Ellen White even talks about that as well in Great Controversy, that there is a recording angel, mm-hmm. right? Everything that you do, everything done in secrecy, every word of encouragement, everything will be faithfully chronicled. Wow. With terrible exactness. That's how she describes it. Then not only what we do, but what we think also, yes. you know, is recorded yes. there. All right. What's going on in your mind? What's going on in your heart? Everything right. is going to be faithfully uh, chronicled with terrible exactness. Mm. Yeah. Look, uh, although we are not saved by the law, mm-hmm. obedience is a reflection of our love for Jesus and our acceptance uh, of his free gift. You know, uh, we should consider this and be honest with ourselves. Yes. Not just um, play uh, Christianity, you know, or, uh, you know, we we have to give uh, uh, the word of God, um, you know, credibility Mm -hmm. and uh, allow the word of God to really change our lives. You know, coming to another question, uh, Ralph, how will God's church of the last days regard the Ten Commandments? Um, to answer that question, we take you to the book of Revelations, chapter 14, and um, our answer is in verse 12. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Mm. Yes. What would you like to, to add on that one? I mean, would you, would you like to expand a little bit on, uh, on this uh, verse, uh, Ralph? 
Here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. What would you like to say uh, on this uh, aspect? Because here is referring to the saints mm-hmm. of the later days, you know, I mean, uh, uh, in our times. All right. Um, this is one thing that's very important, uh, keeping the commandments, because it takes us back to that time uh, when we were discussing the issue of was the co- were the commandments abolished at the cross? Mm-hmm. Certainly not. They were not abolished at the cross. And did Jesus come to change the laws? No, Jesus did not come to change the laws. So what we see in the Old Testament remains the same in the New Testament. And what was there in the early church should also remain the same in the in, in the last day church mm-hmm. because this 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 time we're talking about um, how will God's church of uh, the last days regard the commandments? So yes, the commandments are still very important and they have to be regarded highly yes. because they that's that's all about that's where all our salvation lies there. Mm. Yes. Hey, I would like to take another break here and I would like to play a song for you. Love takes time. Please stay with us. This is Faith FM, positively different radio station. Please don't wash my feet. Wash me all over to learn to serve like thee. Can it be a little easier? Why can't I put you?
Welcome back. You are listening to Fate FM Drive Time BQ&A with Nick Rita and our co-host today is Ralph. Uh, the question which we were talking about is uh, what is inside of the lost ark? And we discover that the love of God is uh, placed there and very important and valid for us all today. Now, the, the question just before the break, we ask, will God's church of the last days regard the commandments? And we look in Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. We are going to just repeat this one. Here is, here is the patience of the saints. Mm-hmm. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Ralph, let's wrap it up uh, uh, this uh, tonight there are a few points to remember here what would you would you you know just put together here a couple okay. of words just to to remember so um yeah there are three points to remember and the, uh, i think the first one is the term, the ten commandments uh the ten commandments uh point out uh sin and tell us um, that we actually need a savior. We can't make it by ourselves. Mm-hmm. So our our whole our whole lives revolve around Christ. Yes, right. Beautiful. So, yeah. Then ten commandments uh, very important. We are not saved by the law, you know, by the ten yes. commandments to keep mm-hmm. them. But uh, our lives revolves around the uh, the law of God. Yeah, exactly. Oh, beautiful. Right. And then Jesus believed. He kept, and he taught the ten commandments. So he did not come to, to, to do away with them. Mm-hmm. He actually confirms that. So that's one thing that we have to keep in mind all the time that we think about the Ten Commandments. He believed, he kept, and he taught the Ten Commandments. Yeah. That's the second point to remember. Yeah, and that's important because uh, we are here now taking the words from uh, from Jesus. You know, yes. uh, He himself, he said in Matthew, I have come not to destroy the law, but to fulfill yes. the law. And he even says there that if uh, somebody is taking, you know, uh, um, uh, how to say, um, uh, to even take away one of the little jolt of the law, exactly. uh, his right from the tree of life will be taken away. Mm-hmm. Uh, just read that in Matthew chapter 5, uh, if you like. Right. Another point uh, here to remember uh, tonight, Ralph. Right. So the final point for tonight uh, that we have to remember is that uh, God's church of the last days will be commandment keepers. Mm. Yes. All right. And uh, uh, let's find ourselves in that uh, group of people, the children of God who keep the commandments of God and the testimony of Jesus yes. uh, Christ. Uh, sure. One, wonderful. Um, just before we pray, do you desire by the grace of God to keep all of God's commandments and live a victorious Christian life? I would like to ask you this question. Ralph, would you be able to pray for us and for our listeners uh, for this time? Certainly. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you so much for being with us this afternoon. We thank you for this radio station, Faith FM, of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. This is one way of preaching your word to the entire world. And we hope and pray that there are people listening out there um, that have never heard your word that have heard it probably for the first time today and they are getting blessed and they are try and they are now finding and they now, they now know about you and we also know that there are people out there that always listen to the station for spiritual enrichment may you bless them oh lord mm-hmm. yes and we also pray even for tomorrow as we just get into the sabbath 
tomorrow everyone is going to church and we know that there are pastors out there, there are church leaders out there, the elders, the deacons, and everyone that is going to be going to church. May you bless them and provide them with the right word, the bread of life to mm. say to your people and the word of encouragement, especially during this COVID-19 period that has affected the world. May you bless us all from our different homes, our families, mm. and be with us now and forevermore. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks, uh, Ralph. It looks like our time is up for today. Thank you for joining uh, Nick Rita and uh, Ralph today for this uh, wonderful uh, program, asking the question where it's, what it's inside of the Lost Ark, and I hope you've been blessed. Uh, I would like to just uh, leave you uh, today with, uh, with a passage, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is in John fourteen twenty seven. May God richly bless you until we'll see you next time. Before the throne of God above I have a strong and perfect plea A great high priest whose name is love Whoever lives and pleads for me My name is graven on his hands My name is written on his heart I know that while in heaven he stands No tongue can bear